Yeah, this is something I've always thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I appreciate Banksy's artwork, right? Are you, you're familiar with Banksy's yeah, artwork? Yeah, You know that Banksy's street art is okay. Did you see Exit Through the Gift Shop? No, I didn't. Okay. Exit Through the Gift Shop, pretty good. I think what had sold me on seeing it, this came out March 5th, 2010. Wow, I would have guessed longer ago, to be honest. Um, I remember watching it in our old apartment in Hollywood. And I remember being excited because he had pulled up a, a, a stunt, I guess. He had done an art installation at Disneyland of a prisoner in Guantanamo Bay um, being tortured or, or, you know, tied up. In, in, and uh, he had set an inflatable to inflate at the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad attraction at Disneyland. And he was able to do it. This is like a street art thing. Anyway, in that documentary okay and you're not familiar with it so um there is a a guy who goes by the name of mr brainwash and it's this guy get a let me see well i'm looking at the imdb so i'm checking this guy out now yeah let me see where getta comes up getta oh man there's so much getta information david getta no it's not (laughs) that's yeah, let me, uh, this guy, like, he ended up becoming, like, there we go. Theory Geta is a French immigrant living in Los Angeles who runs a vintage clothing shop. And you're just watching this movie. Now, the movie is made by Banksy, right? So it's from Banksy's point of view. But this guy, Theory Geta, just seems like a kind of hanger-on type guy. He's got this vintage clothing shop in LA. He just seems like not the guy that is cool but wants to be with the cool people right uh-huh. and so i don't remember all the plot points they're all laid out here on the wikipedia page but i'm i'm seeing things that i'm like yes that was a thing yes that was a thing there is a big festival now that that this guy i assume is tied to it i guess i shouldn't make assumptions but i, I I'll, I'll tell you in a few minutes what i think his festival is that has become that is from this and i'm like so many people saw this movie why are no one seems to be making a big deal out of this festival that's in vegas right and it has to do with this guy theory getta who starts becoming like oh i'm gonna be a street artist too and my name's gonna be mr brainwash and uh he even has i'm pretty sure same dude has an art installation at the old um television sciences museum in beverly hills it's like the mr brainwash museum and every time i see it i roll my eyes because of this movie and this movie talks about oh he's going to do a big art installation at the cbs studios right next to the palladium if you're familiar um the old cbs studios that used to be there on sunset yeah um right by the palladium they shot a season of the real world la there i think um they turned it into like a loft for the real world people to live in so he did a big art installation of this thing, and he called it Life is Beautiful. And um, ever since then, that's what I think Life is Beautiful is. <laughs> um, housekeeping before we get started, uh, a couple things. One, uh, you, you didn't, you, you didn't the do show. the uh, you didn't do the zing, by the way. What do you mean? You didn't do the zing. I did. Uh-uh. I didn't hear any this is. What do you mean? I didn't hear this is Jimmy Pod. I did not hear it. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> This is Jimmy Epoch. <laughs> okay, housekeeping. Um, this is going to date the podcast, but um, uh, Taylor Hawkins passed away this past weekend. What a... I mean, I think 
I honestly think if you asked me who my favorite member of the Foo Fighters was, I wouldn't say Dave Grohl because that's like not fair, right? Right. I would say Taylor Hawkins. He seems like that, like like a brother that uh, you go to hang out with this guy, and the the brother's actually yeah. the cooler guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't. It was one of those. I want to go hang out at Mitch's house, but <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go hang out at my friend's house because his brother is fucking cool. Right. And uh, just getting that from um, as it all unfolded, I think. You had messaged me like maybe like 30 minutes, 45 minutes after I got the first notification from my buddy. I, I don't know how Alex got the information. Um, it happened like the moment within when I started looking at the the articles that were being posted. They were like seconds ago that they were. Yeah. So it's just just being at that moment when you get the notification and hearing it or at least observing it unfold, man, is, is almost surreal because you think it's yeah. he's actually gone. He's he's yeah. one. There's nothing you can do about yeah. it. It wasn't there was an accident. It wasn't. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's so it's almost unbelievable just to think that it's it's happened. It's one of the biggest bands in the world and and a very influential band yeah. for me musically. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I was thinking about that because I've listened to a ton of Foo Fighters this weekend. Right. Um. It's what a ubiquitous band. Like nobody actively dislikes the Foo Fighters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. they. They exist on this plane that is just like they are. The Foo Fighters are <laughs> like, like, right? Yeah. There's no one that actively like. Come on, no one really listens to Red Hot Chili Peppers on purpose, and that's a fact. <laughs> but like, like, come on, everybody's like cool. The Foo Fighters, right? There are <laughs> like, so many different albums that you could pick any one album, and you you there's one good hit that you would enjoy, no matter yeah. what kind of rock music you like. And that's how I felt all weekend is I listened to like mostly like deep cut and not I stayed away from deep cuts and stuff. I was like essentials, uh, greatest hits, stuff like that. And there's so many hits that they are like, uh, like, I guess in a way they sort of remind me like, oh, I remember hearing this on K-Rock. But like, you know, there K-Rock is playing Everlong once an hour as opposed to like a hit from the record that had just come out. You hear it for three months and then they go back to playing Everlong every five songs. Right. Um. And I like Everlong. I I didn't let it get played out. Right. And plus the album version almost never got played on K-Rock because they owned that, the rights to that the acoustic one or the rights or whatever, the acoustic version that they played in studio. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, it's just like it's just a crazy thing, man. Just like you said, there's like that's it. They're gone and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> right. And Tom Mullen posted, uh, I think, one two messages. One was a link to Learn to Fly. And then the other one was just the word was just fuck. And because what what else can you really say? But just watching that video again, learn to fly. If you've ever seen it. So there is nothing left to lose came out in 1999 and it was an enhanced CD. You popped it in and you watched rage cage and uh, Jay Jables like doing their thing. (laughs) Um, So I watched the whole video and it's like, took me back because I haven't watched that music video for 22 years, 23. And that was an, that was such an important video. Like at my time of like getting into rock music and, and watching MTV and all that stuff. That was such a huge influential video. Right. And I watched it. I mean, I watched it all all the way to the point where, to where they, um, I remember the scene that they, they pull out the, uh, the coffee maker and they go to put the water uh-huh. in, but they haven't uh, looked inside it and they've yeah. relabeled it now to where it says like um, some kind of erotic powder or something or, 
and but before it was cocaine. It was just said straight up. I think it was cocaine on there. So they relabeled <laughs> over on top of it because it's, that's funny. I, they comped over yeah. it. That's funny. But that was the only difference. Aside from that, it was just like I forget. And this is a weird thing to say, but I was like, Taylor looks good as a woman with this so hot. <laughs> It's so hot. Uh, what did I? He's got that arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my grandfather yeah. said. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a bummer way to start the weekend. And then, you know, again, dating the podcast. Uh, Will Smith sm- smacking Chris Rock at the Oscars is just uh, the cherry on top of a, like a wild, wild yeah. weekend. Um, and uh, and then we had a great interview. And uh, here we are. Uh, so uh, what else? I feel like there was a couple other house housekeeping things. Um, oh, Jonah Matranga, who we've talked about before. He's in the uh, Lucky Denver video with Jimmy Eat World. Has a new record coming out. And Zach Lind plays drums on at least a song or two, if not more. And Chris Caraba is also on the record. Um, and it is uh, the first album by One Line Drawing, his band. Uh, his solo project, I mean, in 18 years. Wow. And it's coming out June 12th of this year. And uh, you can pre-order it. Uh, there's a link from Brooklyn Vegan. Where does this link go? Uh, looks like to One Line Drawings, like, own, like, official store pre-order place. But, yeah, man. Pretty cool. Oh, wow. This is awesome. Yeah, pretty excited to hear some new Zach drumming. Um and uh, band boxes arriving to everybody, as everybody knows now. And uh, I feel like there were a couple. Uh, we had um, Matt Schlosser oh, had yeah. scanned in a bunch of the band box stuff for us. So thank we you, to Matt. Give Matt. Oh a man, shout out. Yeah, um, was very communicative when it came, and uh, was texting us photos. And uh, man, what a great thing! And now we have a nice little archive on the Google Drive. Yeah. of all of that stuff, and what a great layout. Very, very well done product. We had recently, we're now episode 129, um, passed our 125th episode. We called it a milestone at the time. Well, Linux himself, Jed, has tasked us with uh, uh, commemorating these um, anniversaries and and calling them out. So with 125 being the previous and really the next big milestone is 150, um, let us talk about our Quas. Kwaski Centennial Anniversary. Uh, who can forget our Kwaski Centennial Anniversary? Uh, I think that's right. Let's see. <laughs> Right-click. Oh, no. This was in Patrons? <laughs> this, uh, this browser. What was, was that? Was that in the pod chat? I want to look at it again. Uh, Where was oh, there it? there it is. I think it was yeah, in... Kwaski yeah, Centennial. Centennial. Kwaski Centennial. I think it's the two quick was. Kwaski Centennial. Yeah, totally. Here. Let's, uh, let's I want to say I got it on my second try. Quasco Centennial. Quasco Centennial. Of course, have my speech set to two times speed. Yeah. I don't know if that comes through for you. I don't know if Siri comes through for you, but it definitely recorded on... Well, I'm not going to say it definitely recorded on my end either. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't see the waveforms here, so no. No one knows. No one knows what Siri said. Anyway, um, that is all I think I have. Yeah, oh my for... gosh. Now, See, I, I get lost in Discord now. What? What is this? What is this gifts you can hear? Who is this? Uh, it's got to be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so got to get off Discord. All right. Classic yeah. Bloom. Quasco Centennial, man. <laughs> Classic Bloom. All right. So the song is Beautiful Is 
and uh, I was able to find ASCAP uh, information. This cup, I feel like, is so loud. It My is. I can hear. It. Is that plastic? Is that a plastic mason jar? No, it's a glass cup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. It's like uh, I guess the microphone is pointing toward where I was holding this, but it just sounds like Foley at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's get a clean so anybody wants to lift this for their uh for their um this is license free uh, here. Film. <laughs> Sorry. I ruined that. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, uh where was I? Uh Beautiful is uh and I found some ASCAP information for it. Yes. The album is the I mean, it's not really on an album. It's a Chase's Light B-side that appeared on one of the Big Casino singles. It was the B-side, whereas the other B-side was Open Bar Reception. Uh, so if you got the white cover, uh, uh, what's it called, um, Big Casino, uh, you got, beautiful is, if you got the dark or negative looking color, uh, like a photo negative color, you got Open Bar Reception, so... Um, and then Chase the Slide Japanese release included this, so it's track two of two on the on the Big Casino single, or fourteen of fourteen on the Chase the Slide Japanese release. Uh, it was released the Big Casino B side in two thousand seven. I didn't really look at when Big Casino got released as a single or when that seven inch would have come out, but probably around then. Uh, October sixteenth, two thousand seven, is when the Japanese release had come out, and then there was a two disc Japanese release in March uh, of two thousand eight, March twelfth. Here's the liner notes I pulled from the single. We can assume that uh, Butch Vig was the EP on Beautiful Is, and it was produced by Chris Testa and Jimmy World, with additional production by John Fields, recorded by Chris Testa at Unit 2, Tempe, Arizona, additional recording by Jimmy World. Now, a lot of that can be attributed to Big Casino because it was on Chase's Light. Beautiful Is is an insanely stripped down Emojin Heap style song was Jim. Did he go and see the last kiss with Zach Braff in 2006 and love it like me and say, I want to go write a song with like cool vocoder stuff um, and just do it on his own. Is it essentially a Jim solo track? Unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that after having done the uh, research unless you do Justin. Um, no, there was nothing else that I found. I, I assumed the same is that this was Jim just taking some, um, just exploring inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And it is very much like this is the, if this were, if this had appeared on Chase's light, this would be the five, five, five of Chase's light just as, uh, kind of like a standalone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like, Oh, what a weird, interesting track. Um, for some reason, five 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 really hit on surviving, but there always seems to be like one of these outlier, I outlier style tracks. Um, really, since then, I can't think of anything on futures that would be out there like this. So the singer is Jim. It's not featuring anybody. Written by Jimmy Eat World, recorded at we assume either. I mean, some additional right. recording for Chase's Slide occurred at CD Underbelly. So I don't know where this one track in particular happened. Um, Unit 2, that's CD most, Underbelly. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, labels Interscope, or uh, UK, it's, I put Tyne Evil. I think that's a typo. I think it's Twin Evil, maybe? Um, and Tiny Evil, I think is what it is. And uh, publishing is, do I get a pickle with that? No demo 
that I can think of. And what's funny is I was thinking, oh, this is uh, Integrity Blues, so this must be a demo. Right. Um, so I'll put this here. And I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is its own song. It's beautiful as anyway. Um, played 29 times by Jim Adkins himself. First played in concert March 25th, 2012 at the Crescent Ballroom in Phoenix. And most recently played by Jim Adkins September 14th, 2015 at Locomotive Club in Bologna, Italy. Um, notable high note is A4, G4. And boy, does he have some great notes in here. Mm-hmm. And notable low note is D3. Um Listeners, 3,527 listeners give this 15,000, 15.8 thousand Scrabbles. Now, three Scrabbles had I, <laughs> and then I checked my uh, Apple Music metrics, and it says I listened to the song six times. Um, I very clearly knew the song, but I did always conflate it with uh, integrity. Blues. Right. How about you, Justin? Uh, I got four listens, four Scrabbles. So then this one, uh, All right. and mainly because it was so hard to find. This this had to have been. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I could probably look at when this was. This was all in two thousand. So I had three up until the other day when I played it. Um, but it was at yeah, two thousand and eleven that I played this. Okay, it had to be through iTunes. Yeah, totally. And um, then I went to go look for structure information from Tombat, like as we are wont to do. Uh-huh. No information now. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting song. It's kind of like a vibe more than a song. So, like, I I don't know. What what time signature do you think the song is in? Well, Integrity Blues is 3-4 time. So I'm wondering if Correct. this has that feel, that swaying feel of dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. It's got the little waltz in there. Um, I don't know. It's tough. You know, when we go through the lyrics, I'll actually do the same thing we've done for these these deeper tracks. Is I've essentially got this labeled as four different verses. We'll listen to each verse, and you can kind of maybe we can get a feel yeah, for it sure. again in that moment. And the one thing I did pull from Genius is uh, Rowan fifty two fifteen, who will also show up in the Reddit deep dive that I did. Um, notated almost every yeah. line of the song on Genius, so I can go over Rowan's stuff if you want to stick to your own thing. Or well, yeah, I, you can go he, back. And I forth. think he just uh, he may have said it a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more yep. uh, eloquently than I did. But we essentially <laughs> arrived at the same thing. You know, I, I I always go back to thinking of my interview with Stephen Brand, uh, and just talking about how I'll never go to look at song meanings or if there's an annotated Genius, just so I don't get. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't exactly. Be, uh, yeah, in, uh, uh, yeah. I don't want that that infection tainted. Yeah, tainted. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I did end up going and annotating it myself, and then looking at theirs, and yeah, I was like, oh, they, they just kind of used bigger words. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can help me out with that and and uh, read off his if I missed something. So do you want me to go ahead and jump Wait. into lyrics then? Let us. All right. Okay. So like I said, I've broken this down. Uh, four lines. I. I I moved the genius. Let me look at the genius listing again. So the genius listing had the first few lines kind of spread out. So I blocked them to where each verse is four lines. So I'll read them as uh, as that block. But let's listen to Beautiful Is and just how beautiful this song is. Of those, some say beautiful 
So there we go. This is the first few lines. Some say beautiful is only ones and zeros in the light. The skin that wraps around and keeps you here only hold you here in life. So I think what they're saying, what Jim is saying here, is some people believe that you either are or are not beautiful. Um, Good. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's either it's either one which is on or yes, and then zero which is no or off. So it's either it's either, it's polar. Uh, but that's what some say. Uh, that it's a physical trait that can be assessed in the light. So I think it's only ones and zeros in the light. You know, it's something that's that's tangible and you can see it. Someone can say, this is not subjective. No, you're either beautiful or you're not. Um, and it's this skin or shell that everybody sees as being beautiful. So again, alluding to this exterior appearance. Don't love the soul. Only dots and crosses in your eyes Everything we do is just a thing And it's only here for just this little while Oh, man, it's pretty. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Don't love the soul. It's only dots and crosses in your eyes. Everything we do is just a thing, and it's only here but just this little while. Um, <clears throat> don't love the soul. And, and I thought they were going to go in and talk about the inside, right? But in verse two, he goes and says, first thing, don't love the soul. Don't love the person on the inside. That would be wanting too much. Mm. That's the whole person. Our lives aren't that important. Um, everything we do is just a thing. So we just live our day-to-day -day lives and our life is fleeting. So not really even... What's the dots and crosses mean? Um, I think that's um, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so don't love the soul. It's only that. it's just it's of it is. it's checking off more boxes. Like, well, then I'm gonna love the soul, which is where I thought the song was gonna go. Maybe beautiful is the next year, or maybe it's all you know what's on the inside. But then we're being told, don't love the soul. It's only dots and crosses in your eyes. So there may be something more that Jim is getting at here, um, or is just downplaying this whole uh, like the individuality of it. And maybe it's more of like a whole global feeling that we need to be gathering from this track. Uh, here we go. Continue on. But it's my life, my I love it when he has a good baby in there. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> give me, give me. platitudes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. But it's my life, my own. Uh, a lot of people trust this, but I don't. I think he says I, a lot of people trust them, but I don't. Uh, no one hears the things that I believe through the shouts. And he's shouting at that moment when he's singing it. He's like, shouts. Yeah. The truth is something, baby, no one really knows. So with these other two preceding verses here, beautiful on the exterior, beautiful on the interior, but all of that is what other people are saying. I live my own life. They don't believe that I can have my own opinions and beliefs. 
Um, no one hears the things that I believe through the shouts. Everybody is telling me what to do, but they aren't listening to what I have to say. And so because of that, nobody will ever know the reality. No one cares to know what my feelings are. Everyone's so concerned about themselves. So that's what I believe he's saying in verse three. Now let's go ahead and close this song out. So very experimental, but um, still beautiful. So let's do these last yeah. these last four lines here. I'll say beautiful is the way your eyes dance with me in this light. The body wraps around and keeps me here. The one I give to you in full tonight. So let's take a step back, man. Verse one talks about exterior beauty. Verse two, don't love the soul. There's an interior beauty, but you don't have to love that. Um and then verse three, it's my life, my own, talking about no one really knows because no one asks me. So it goes from this explanation of what beautiful could be, some what some people think beauty is. And then in this third one, it's like he's explaining that no one's really going to know because no one asks. Everyone's got their ulterior motives. Everyone's got their, their interest. But then this last verse, man, I love this. I'll say beautiful is the way. So this is beautiful is. I'll say beautiful is the way your eyes dance with me in the light. Here's the track title in this verse. It's just him and her. Forget all the noise and static. Tonight, it's just you and me, and you're saying everything in your beautiful, captivating eyes. Hold me and never let me go. I give you my body completely. That's like the, uh, man, he just took it all and put it into four lines that are so beautifully written, man. I'll say beautiful is the way your eyes dance with me in this light. The body wraps around and keeps me here. The one I give to you in full tonight. Man, Jim. <laughs> and then a couple yeah, of hums. No one should be able to write like that. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. So there you have it, man. It's like that's what beautiful that to him in the in this um in this song, that's what beautiful is. As beautiful as this moment that we have together, this connection uh, that we have. And uh man, it's such a pretty yeah. set of lines. I wonder what the inspiration for a track like this would be. Um, outside of like He's got to be heavily influenced by Emotion Heap's production techniques at this time, right? Right. Um, and wanting to do something like that. But obviously the subject matter is very subjective and probably personal. Right. Um, yeah, what a great lyricist to be able to put those ideas so succinctly and in such a way that are so descriptive and effective. Right. So I said it's very emotion heap. Let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of uh, I picked I picked a live version of uh, her song uh, called Hide and Seek, which is from I know it from the uh, movie The Last Kiss, uh, for which Zach Braff is a star and had just come off of winning the Academy Award for original soundtrack uh, or a Grammy. Shit. Did he win an Academy Award? Whatever. He was 
nailed it with the Garden State soundtrack, right. right? And received all this acclaim. So now he was like sought after as, you know, he, he could be the whole package. He could bring songs with his acting ability uh, to a project. So he was tasked with creating the soundtrack for The Last Kiss. And I think he, again, nailed it. So here's a little bit of emotion. He performing the song at an event that Zach was hosting um, for the soundtrack. Where are we? What the hell is going on? The dust has only begun to fall. She's playing something and it's affecting her voice on the keyboard there. Sinking feeling Spin me round again And rub my eyes The scar be happening When Oh, and this man. is also like one of those songs. Yeah, I know. I, I, I could have played the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's more of a vibe than a song. Like, wh- is there a time signature here? I don't know. And I don't know that it needs it. Right. You yeah. kind of just feel when it's going to happen. Right. Right. And especially when she goes into that, like, the ooh, what you say. And you can kind of feel it, even though it, there's no beat behind it. But you just kind of feel right. that, that sway there and the snap every time. Yeah. Oh, man. So I, I wanted to just point out that track is uh, that, that's what i mean when i say it's very emotion heap uh since then uh you would know also uh she had a song called let go with her band frufru i i don't know if it's a band but her project Fru yeah. Fru, um on the garden stay soundtrack and my kids know her from the happy song uh i think your kids are both a little too old um for do you know emojin heaps the happy song uh, i've listened to it i think because you've mentioned it in the past oh probably yeah. yeah um very 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 different vibe but she basically scientifically has gone in and written a song that can calm a crying baby down and it works at least it did for us when i was like this will 100 percent not work yeah and it works <laughs> and it works every time and even Wes at six still loves that song so. yeah um, it's got just got all the elements that a kid wants to hear, I guess. So, um, there it is. Uh, I, I made this note for myself in my track notes that I am definitely more familiar with the live version. Now that's to say that while I had six listens to the studio version in my Apple music library, I feel like I'm more intimately involved with the live version that we saw at Velvet Jones because I had that recorded. Um, and even that I probably listened to more than it says in my iTunes listening history because, well, I cut up the tracks and I listened to them many times and I remember EQing it in such a way that I thought it improved the sound quality of the recording um, that I had made. Uh, right. But yeah, I, I, I uh, will listen to that version in a little bit, but I did want to point out that I think I'm more intimate with the song in a live setting. That one, um, that was my first time hearing that 
that thing that, uh, and this was something Zach Braff put on. Oh yeah, yeah, the emotion heap uh, thing was yeah. uh, was yeah. Let's let me look at the YouTube. When we listened to Beautiful Is last time, did we listen to the one from Velvet Jones? I think so. Yeah, because okay. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure you played an yeah, early version of that's what it was. Integrity Blues at yeah. the show, and oh nope. Yeah. Uh, so here's what it says: Live at Studio Eleven. 103.1 FM hosted by Zach Braff promoting the movie The Last Kiss September 15th 2006 okay and I guess this did end up getting released because YouTube has flagged this video as Emotion Heap Hide and Seek live on Indie 103 okay now this was kind of cool I came across just because I wanted to look at this but when I was getting into recording music and I had Cakewalk Sonar 3 uh, totally had that right. yeah man okay. <laughs> and i was exploring i was exploring the vocoders in there and it was around that time i'm trying to think of what what artist was using it a lot i maybe it was image and heap um hello goodbye it, there was another band and i know that God, addison had a whole streets of rage yeah baby. streets of rage was just like all that and even when we saw them you live, know what <laughs> fuck it i'm gonna play i want to play a little streets of rage if okay. i might i know we didn't talk about it but since I was in People Mover, which was the, uh, the 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 project that Addison did right after that, I want to play a little Street sure. Rage because it's so good. It's so of the time, right? Yeah. Uh, let's let's play. Uh, what's your favorite one? Let's uh, let me see. Here we go. I think Not Together was really good. Yeah, that was a that was a great track. I have a couple of different flip a coin. Oh, what everyone's been looking for. That was really good. I mean, if you want to take a an aural time travel, we could play anything off this record. Yeah, um, play Not Together. Okay, Not Together. This is insanely 2000... Whatever. I was going to say we should cut it off here because I'm sure Addison's very stoked that we're playing Streets of Rage <laughs> on the pod right now. But the chorus of the song is just undeniable, dude. Yeah. I realize that's the EP version and not the album version, so there's like no low end on it. It's terrific. That's a, deeper a, that's, cut. Just, that's a gift for everybody else. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, that. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> I came across yeah when so when, like when I was experimenting, I came across um, like a, whatever was built into into Cakewalk, but I wanted to look at what people were what people had found that she was using. On hers because I'm, I imagine that's the same thing that Jim mm. used or very similar. And you know, you, you were you were mentioning I that feel she like her playing. all her stuff is like outbound. Well, it's like she was playing the keyboard, and that I think the keyboard takes it's like a routing thing where she sings yeah. into the mic, but then it takes um and maybe plays that whatever vocal melody she's doing plays it on like let's say the bottom half of the keyboard. Yeah. So because it sounds like technically the there's got to be some latency, right? Like she needs to be building that in. She needs to be changing chords on her hands before she wants it to right. happen. There's exactly. got to be latency there. Exactly. 
And she's got it down. I mean, for playing it live, it sounded great. Obviously, the, oh the album God, version. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but I did come across this post on Synth Recipes, the uh, subreddit, oh. asking uh, what's the vocoder effects she uses on her voice. I tried a few and couldn't replicate the sound. And DJ Dan Lib says, Isotope Polyvox, part of Vocal Synth, does this in t- does this too. In fact, their demo is this exact melody. Um, it sounds like a tapestry of live vocals overlaying the resynthesized parts so it's not just one thread evenly woven throughout. So kind of what you were saying where it's she's got to be ahead of it. But listen to this. I thought this was kind of cute. And it reminded me of a little bit of the Orange Box. It was a package. The Orange Box was Half-Life 2, Episode 2, Team Fortress 2, too, but it introduced Portal. And I don't know if you remember Portal, but there's a, an artist that um, I've I've had I've followed ever since my days when I was interning at G4 TV. But Jonathan Colton, he does kind of like these weird video game based. He's a programmer, but he's an, also a musician. And so he wrote a couple of songs for Portal. And listening back, this all takes me back to this whole isotope vocal synth, this little like 45 second bit that they do for their software this is where it took me in my mind, was back to that playing Portal for the first time. Okay. And so listen to this. Polyvox creates harmonies from MIDI or automatically get vocal synth by Isotope and you'll be famous. (laughs) Think outside the box. (laughs) My guess is that wasn't Emotion Heath. No. (laughs) She didn't seem the type Uh, to do that. Right. And I don't know that if I were her that I would like that. Right. Uh, Like I might need my husband to go stop them or something. I don't know. But um, let me play this for you. This is Jonathan Colton. This is the track that he did for Portal called Still Alive. I love this. And it was one of those. Still alive. When I, <laughs> so the idea behind Portal is you've got, you're this, part of this experimental, I don't know, this. you're in this laboratory and you're trying to get out of it and you can use these. It's kind of like you can, it's a puzzle game basically, but you start to see that this creature that's helping you through it is actually trying to kill you, but she's nice about it. And so by the end, there was this song that this whole theme where she's trying to get you to, to eat the cake, but the cake, like you see all this painting on the wall, the cake is a lie. Don't trust the cake. So by the end, you realize that, um, that she's actually bad. And so this song is the song that plays at the very end of this game when you complete it over the credits. And I just, I mean, I was not, I was not weeping, but I was like so emotionally invested in this game. So hearing this, and this is what Jonathan Colton wrote. He didn't sing it, but this is what he wrote for this game. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake. You just keep on trying till you run out of cake. And the science gets done and you make a neat plan for the people who are still alive. 
but you've got this poppy song and yeah, you've just fun. defeated well you think you've defeated this ai called gladys and so she's she's still so bubbly even though she's been defeated at this talking about how she didn't get to kill you and all this stuff but um all of this took me back listening to that little bit and the vocoders just because this all came out in what like late 99 early 2000s yeah um anyway that was a fun little <laughs> like when i was exploring with music and in, in cakewalk and just kind of doing that vocoder thing i didn't go as far as addison and you guys did make making entire tracks out of it but i do remember fiddling around and having yeah. a good old time well by the time i was in people mover we, we'd moved beyond that but the first people mover release had some of that yeah. stuff on it too still yeah 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 me and nate the guitarist the other guitarist and people mover always try to get addison to play some stuff off that first people mover he yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was so good <laughs> um so yeah, man, uh, vocoders. That's what's up. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing a live video of Hello Goodbye play Warp Tour, and like he was playing. I was like, "What?" I thought it was just auto tune, or like a. I was used to like a voice box, like Weezer would use, right. or, or stuff like that. Um, and I was like, "What? What is he playing with his hands? That's adjusting. Like, why doesn't he just sing the notes, um, and let the auto tune do its thing? I guess it's just a whole different approach." And, right, and that's what I I remember reading. How did they do that that line? I can't remember which person did it in California Love, but it was not it was not auto tuned. It was the same thing. He had a little keyboard. That right, was like, California mm-hmm. Love. Yeah, but yeah. I would I would have a hard time not singing that line, right? Because the yeah. ultimately it's the keyboard that's making it. I don't know if, exactly. Like, do you when you're if you, I don't know if you've ever fiddled with one, but you have to maintain. I imagine you would sing. Right. You can't you can't maintain one note and then just let the keyboard play for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What do you see? Monotone into it? Yeah, like, that'd be so at hard least in key. Like if California the, if the song love. is in C. Yeah. If the song is in C, do you have to sing in C to make it work? <laughs> right? Like, like and just keep doing a C note. Yeah. California <laughs> love. Anyway, um, the other thing is, boy, does this song sound a lot like what became Integrity Blues. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's pretty wild. Like, uh, And this was never, like, officially released. I mean, it was not, it wasn't, like, a. it didn't stay as a demo. It was released, I guess. It was, yes, it was officially released. But um, because it wasn't easy to get that they just built upon the same idea like that's a theory we don't know for sure right right <laughs> but um just had to make note of it that we, we talked about it on our integrity blues episode so much so that i went to go play it and i was like wait a minute <laughs> it's a different <laughs> song um and oh i did say uh the when i was doing research for this episode uh the end is beautiful kept coming up right i had to put minus end didn't I? Did I put that in? Oh, oh, I there you that go. That's right. I was like, yeah, get yeah, ready yeah. to minus put in end. minus end. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did minus integrity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it definitely came up. Um, see yeah. if you can uh, tell me real quick what yeah. what movie is this from? Because I this is in that same thread for the image and heap. What is the vocoder effects? What is this from? So Isu starts this new thread in this, um, which I think is a legitimate comment. Here is, I'll I'll just go through and, and do all the the um, the, the replies. I heard it was John Hopkins who did the processing. I smoked pot with Johnny Hopkins. You don't know anyone named Johnny Hopkins. 
It was Johnny Hopkins and Sloan Kettering, and they would blaze that shit every day. <laughs> it's this thread. I love it when these what threads. A great thread. I know when they'll get. And I was like, this is because I think Issues, I heard it was John Hopkins who did the processing, was a legitimate <laughs> comment. Right. And then, and then, and then uh, other I smoked people pot with Johnny Hopkins, <laughs> which I had to go, I had That's to go freaking look for this damn clip, dude. Where did he go to medical school? <laughs> he went to Northwestern and Johns Hopkins. Is that good enough for you? <sighs> no, it's not. Well, Brennan, those are very prestigious schools. I smoked pot with Johnny Hopkins. You don't know anyone named Johnny Hopkins. It was Johnny Hopkins there it is. and Sloan Kettering. And they were blazing that shit up every day. <laughs> I didn't even give you a chance. I, I assume that you knew the film. <laughs> no, I've only... So that's Step Brothers, right? It's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually one of the ones... I, I saw it once, and other than the fucking Catalina wine mixer, I didn't love it. So, yeah. like, I just... It kind of... Now I know I'm in the minority. Like, everybody else loves it. Like... Tons of people loves grand, Grandma's Boy, and that's the move. Oh. That and Thirteen were the two movies I very, very closely walked out of. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say that if I watched Grandma's Boy again, I would have, I would hate it. It was the time, yeah, and must have been the people I was with and the state of mind when we watched that. That it just, it just, it was perfect. Yeah. That's how I feel about Dude Where's My Car. Like Dude Where's My Car is an incredible picture. And I wish everybody saw it. <laughs> and I never get tired of it. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so I mean, we all have our dude worst my cars yeah. or our grandma's boys. Uh, right. But yeah. So yeah, I that that movie I fell in love with Adam Scott, and that was about it. Have you watched Severance yet? No, I haven't. Oh, it's an Apple TV show without Adam Scott. Oh, and I love uh, Adam Scott. It's really well done. I haven't finished it, but from what I've seen, it's like wow, this is like you gotta kind of sit down and like take it in. And uh, anyway, that is TV talk. <laughs> yeah. We're watching so much TV right now. I feel like it's a renaissance. Yeah. Um, we're watching, uh, uh, this is uh, continuing TV talk. We're watching Inventing Anna and White Lotus. And then I'm watching Severance. I got to pick up a new show, man. Um, what did I start watching? All of Us Are Dead? Yeah. About halfway through, all of us are dead. Korean drama, oh. really good. Uh, I, you know, the shocking, nice, like a shock. But that's it, man. That's all I got. Once I'm done with that, I got nothing to watch. So, noise. I'll mate. go back to noise reading. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Here is a Chase This Light blog post that I found. This was posted by Zach, February twenty third, two thousand six. Update two point Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. We've read this before, but this song gets mentioned. We hope the love is strong for everyone out there. Things are heating up a little bit here in Arizona for the band. We have about seven demos that are in rough form, but sounding really great. So I'd love to hear the demo of this. Yeah. Uh, we're still a little ways away from full-on recording the album versions of these songs, but we're getting closer every day. Some song titles so far are Carry You, Chase This Light, Stop, Beautiful Is, Dizzy, and Gotta Be Somebody's Blues. We have reserved the services of the very talented engineer, Chris Testa, to turn the knobs for us while we record our album at our studio in Tempe. We are shooting to record exclusively in our own studio, so we'll see how that goes. That's it for now. We'll check out back again soon to clue you all in on the progress. Peace, says Zach. Okay. Um, and Yeah, go ahead. Uh, did you have more to say with that? Nope. Okay, I came across a Chorus FM. This is the first time I think I've come across any kind of post like this. Jimmy Eat World, Integrity Blues, 
first impression. This is a Jason Tate post, September 6th, 2016. So the album was dropped October 21st, so just a couple of weeks after. Uh, it's here. It's time. I'm going to do a first listen thread for the upcoming Jimmy Eat World album, Integrity Blues. A couple of thoughts going in. I usually try and listen to an album three times or so before doing a first listen thread, so I kind of have an idea of what I want to talk about on each song. But because it's Jew and because a lot of people have been waiting for this one, and because they're my favorite band, I'm going to do this having only listened to the album once all the way through. So this is a literally a live listen through. And he does, I love this, he does timestamps of when he starts listening. So it must have been after he nice. had eaten lunch. So he starts with You With Me at 1218, gets to Pass the Baby at 1246, that title, haha. And <laughs> then uh, right around 106 p.m., The End Is Beautiful. Um, damn, this this song kind of uh, just annoys you how good they are at getting an emotional response. Move a little further down to Through at 114, and then Integrity Blues at 118. Holy shit. Kind of reminds me of Beautiful Is at the start. There you Jim go. sounds fantastic. And then also, which could probably parallel Beautiful Is, but he's still talking about Integrity Blues. Just massive, spacey, orchestral harmonic goodness. The song feels like almost like an interlude. Same thing with this. Really, Beautiful Is could be described the same way. That When we were talking with Alex, I was trying to describe, pick out the right word, and I think massive and spacey is such a good way of describing some of these yeah. huge tracks like 23 that Jimmy World can put together. So Beautiful Is definitely uh, reflects those adjectives. Yeah. What else do you have? Uh, so I found a couple twit.fm posts that they did for this song. And so... Uh, I'll just read some of the comments here. Love it. I swear your music can make any bad day good. Very nice. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Would be nice closing song to the end of an album. See you in Scotland soon. Uh, a couple foreign language posts. Wow, I love how everything Jimmy Eat World sounds straight from the heart. Keep it up. Love the lyrics. Love the unique sound. Sharing it with friends. Don't get wrong. I love you guys. I'm a huge fan, but I hope and I hope to listen to your new record soon but I didn't like it that much. You should get back <laughs> into the sound of bleed American or futures. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that was, we'll call Julieta Fidel Jeez. out a uh, bunch of other comments were the other folks. And then they posted it twice. Right. So here's uh, some of the comments from the other. Uh, it's from their Japan. It's from their Japan released single for big casino. Uh, is, that's an answer to what album is the song from as amazing as ever. What can I say? Don't love the soul. It's only dots and crosses in your eyes. How do I play this on my phone? <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. Incredible as always guys. So I was able to find a couple twit.fm takes. Okay. And then uh, the go ahead. Um, this is kind of in between community, but I ended up because there was so few, there was such, little content online for Slim pickings. this yeah yep. i ended up going to amazon and so this is the oh, big, yeah. big casino seven inch it's the inverted so this is the photo negative so it's the pink uh jimmy at world oh i may have had it wrong before then sorry you, but White you had the right idea open yeah. bar receptions yeah right so the, and this that actually plays into what i'm going to be reading here there's one rating and it's five stars uh listed as out of stock uh date first available march fit 15th 2013 but the review comes from dr robert a josie five stars intriguing posted on from the uk on october 31st 2007 uh this cd doesn't actually contain the track 
open bar reception. It's just the same as the single in the shops, which is a disappointment. Hearing Big Casino is a reminder of what a big, bold, and beautiful album chasing chasing this light, that's a misspelled, <laughs> is it grows in stature at every listen. The lyrics uh, to the song are icing on the cake, an all-out epic with soul and feeling. The B-side, Beautiful Is, is intriguing, experimental, and poses a very big question for me. If, just if, you were allowed to self-produce an album in their Arizona studio, as this track has been, without big production values and record company interference, then I think we would see a real progression in what they do. There was some grumbling in record papers about Jew not moving onwards or evolving. I think the, they cold. I think they could stun us with some awesome songs and new aural templates. The evidence for this absolutely written all over beautiful is and on the last EP, Stay On My Side Tonight. Not that I'm knocking Chase the Slide at all. It fires on all cylinders and then some, but you are musicians and songwriters par excellence. And it annoys me that anyone could see them as being stalled in any way. That is simply not true. I hope for an EP of new outtakes. I hope for a special edition double disc of Chasing with the demos intact. Bet you there's a load of guitars on these. And I hope that this brilliant band will allow be allowed to make new music within their own parameters next time. Which is nice to, to read something from 2007, and for the most part, I mean, they've been self-produced for so long, and they yeah. had such a hand in their production, even aside from working with uh, JMJ. But just seeing these these questions like in the time capsule, I'm hoping for this, and then seeing where they've yeah. come, and I'm hoping that Dr. Robert A. Josie has been... I mean, it seems like a, a, a steadfast... Yeah, stoked on stoked on the moves. He's a fan, but yeah, um, really loves Beautiful Is. And the last thing is you're familiar with the love is cartoons the love is yeah so here i'll send you a, a screen grab you'll probably recognize it there it's like a comic strip um and i guess what it's from, oh that doesn't answer at all I, uh, what's the family circus family circus that's the one that I, this reminds me of i think i know oh, you're saying okay yeah yeah so yeah uh i just wanted to talk a little bit because i always think about the love is thing and the way that this is phrased i wonder if it was like in the back of jim's mind in terms of style right love is and then beautiful is like listing all these things and and so i just wanted to call out because this is one of those pop culture things it's like oh those exist but who who did them so uh i'll read a little bit from the love is wikipedia entry is a comic strip created by new zealand cartoonist kim casale casali uh um birth name Grove, in the 1960s. The cartoons originated from a series of love notes that Grove drew for her husband, her future husband, Roberto Casali. They were published in booklets in the late 1960s before appearing in strip form in a newspaper in 1970. Under the pen name Kim, they were syndicated soon after, and the strip is syndicated worldwide today by Tribune Content Agency. One of her most famous drawings, Love Is... Being able to say you are sorry, published in February, uh, published on February 9th, 1972, was marked internationally for many years in print, on cards, and on souvenirs. The beginning of the strip coincided closely with the 1970 film Love Story. The film's signature live line is "Love means never having to say you're sorry." At the height of their popularity in the early to mid 1970s, the cartoons were earning. Uh, Casali around five to six million dollars annually. That's wild. Wow. Um, 
I think my sister was really into these, and she's a you know a kid from a kid of the seventies. Yeah, so it's possible, and so is Jim. So you know, it's very possible that because these were so popular at that time, it's just like one of those things where I'm pretty sure the one eighty two and Blink one eighty two comes from the film Turk one eighty two, but not on purpose. You know, like it's just because that cadence existed in the back of right. You know, Mark or Tom's mind at the time. So right. Uh, good observation. Yeah, it could very much be that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roberto Casali was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 75, and she stopped working on the country and to spend more time with him. <laughs> now I want to finish the rest of this. Uh, Casali commissioned London-based British cartoonist Bill Asprey to take over the writing and drawing of the daily cartoons for her under the pen name, un- under uh, her pen name. Asprey has produced the cartoon continuously since 75. Upon her death in 1997, Casali's son Stefano took over Minikim, the per, uh, the company which handles the intellectual rights. The strip appears daily except Sunday. Does not appear Sundays. How interesting. Anyway, wild. Wild and crazy stuff. Yeah, sad, but sad ending. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, no uh, big reviews, no additional links. I've got a couple community things. What do you? Or yeah, do you I got, have any I notes got uh, for... four community things. That was it for notes, though. I, I've tap, okay. tapped dry on that. I've got no JT O'Donnell. I said I wrote no JTO. Denied. <laughs> um, uh, I've got a shout box from Last FM. We can read through some of this. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love this one from Crisp X. That robotic voice is annoying. It could have been a fantastic song without it. That's where that <laughs> one was. Yeah, I, I was looking for that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, where did I see that one? Um, uh, and then other hard-hitting comments like, I like it. It's different, but I like it. <laughs> right. I so. love Tell Me Ten Words. As they put the uh, the asterisk around it. Uh, fantastic B-side. Yes. Uh, so the, that's the shop box. What else you got? In okay, uh, let's see. Oh, we got the Chase This Light Survivor 2019 results. It was out, B-side out in round one, um, unfortunately. And then we've got Jimmy Eat World Songs for a Wedding by Anti-Fuzz Pop almost oh. a year ago. I'm getting married. My fiance that's and pretty I good. are huge Jew fans, but I'm blanking on any happy love songs that might be suitable for a wedding. Help. Um, and then JG429 says, I'm a big fan of Chase This Light for a Wedding. And then where does our yeah? Uh, and then Knox's down in here says beautiful is from the big casino B sides is absolutely gorgeous for a slow yeah. slash beautiful wow, moment. Good. good find, Justin. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I've gone back to this one. Uh, this is Chase the Slide expanded edition on Spotify two years ago. Uh-huh. Fire up the system. Uh, and this is the thread where I say uh, Saint Edward says and the two thousand version of. 2007 version of your house. Yeah. And you know that guy, Justin B. Miller, coming in there. This version is so good. That arpeggiated guitar and those harmonies. And I didn't, I couldn't even get enough. I come back a couple of minutes later, <laughs> didn't think to check SoundCloud, found it, and I shared it. <laughs> but now in the next thread below, um, the next set of comments is uh, Noko Davey says there's actually six bonus tracks for Chase This Light, and I wish they'd put out a master edition that has them all. I've managed to get distraction, be sensible. Open bar reception, take them as they come, and the acoustic version of Dizzy buying it off of various platforms, but can't for the life of me find beautiful is for sale anywhere. Interesting, yeah. But then brother um, brother Beck does say yeah. you can get it on the UK iTunes store, which is probably where um, our doctor got it from, right? Oh yeah, maybe, huh? Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. And then I found on uh, that we are not the only people uh, that think this sounds like Integrity Blues. Futures 2004 posted five years ago in 2016, October 21st, 2016. Integrity Blues title track. So this is right when the record came out. Anyone else get a beautiful is vibe in this song? <laughs> and Rowan5215, who <laughs> annotated that entire song, says was thinking the exact same thing. Like beautiful is is spiritual twin, but earthy and organic instead of spacey. <laughs> I like it. Very granola. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, other people thought the same. <laughs> for sure uh anything else no nah, man that's it i thought right. i had something from facebook but it was the wrong song uh that's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> classic yep classic makes um sense. so one thing i wanted to do was i i remember looking at this earlier and thinking oh uh i'll i'll not forget this so walter schreifel's now, where do I know Walter Schreifels? Because I have a performance of Beautiful Is with Walter Schreifels. Let me look this up. Jim Atkins and Walter Schreifels. Now, that makes me think it's in Germany, which I have a recording of the German uh, show. But let's see. Of this specific song? Yes. Love Don't Make Any Mistakes. City in Color, Walter Schreifels. Love. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, is he? Is he in City in Color? Is he one? I don't know. Well, now I want to know because I like City and Color. Uh, American musician, yeah, music group, Quicksand, Gorilla Biscuits, Rival, Rival Schools, Civ, and more. Yeah, so it doesn't look like he's uh, City and Color, Walter Schreifels, Jim Atkins of Jimmy Eat World, October first, so, twenty twenty. Love don't make any mistakes. A perfect angling with Walter Schreifels and Jim Atkins. And uh, let's look for beautiful is nope, not mentioned in this article, but and this was what. My guess is this is a an article about that show. Um, here, I'll play a little bit of this. All right. Oh, interesting. When I hit play on it, it... Oh, no, there we go. <laughs> yeah, Jim Atkins live in Ger Germany. Jim Atkins and Walter Schreifels. 2014. Okay, so it's not like a feature like so what I was trying to get at was the guy from No Knife that played at our show. I found several other videos from that solo acoustic tour. And I don't see that he did that every night. And that was surprising to me. I figured they did that at every stop on that tour. Yeah. Um, so let's listen to a little bit of the Velvet Jones show from which we were at. And we played a little bit of this on the Integrity Blues episode. But this is with the dude from No Knife playing. What did we call it? Um, what do we call this? Uh, was it the vibraphone or... Um It's uh, well, I I guess it's called a pianica, but melodica. Oh, really? Melodica. 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 That's you. it. Yeah. I mean, it is very like present 
compared to when he plays it by himself, but I think that makes it cool and different. Yeah. It makes me really happy that we have this recording of it, too. So good. And, and you know, just hearing him playing that acoustically, and you can, from what he says in the lyrics when we went, we, going back to what I was talking about with just uh, describing all of these things, what beauty, beauty can be, and, and all these different perceptions, and no one cares. By the time he gets to that third voice, the verse, and his voice is just soaring, but then yeah. it just cuts. And then he then yeah. he starts singing that, um, I'll say beautiful. That is just the perfect individual way. I mean, I know he's got the melodica playing underneath it, but. Uh, the perfect way to just demonstrate how the noise of this, let's forget all the noise in this world and <laughs> just focus on you and I. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I just love how he translates that, man. Such yeah, an totally. artist. Let's see. Damn. So Velvet Jones was February, 2015. So uh, I want to give us context for when we listen to some of these others. So this is Hamden, Connecticut in 2015. We'll listen to a little bit of Amy Simkovitz's, uh And this was, looks like, June 23rd. No melodica. Just Matt Tom. No pick. That Matone. Capo and on the four. Does that make it A flat or a B sharp? Tell. It looks like an A. <laughs> that looks like an F bass. An A. Is that an E? He goes back to an E. Um, like, is it open? Yeah, it looks like it's open, but he's. I wonder if he's in drop tuning or not. Hey, look, you got a pick. Oh, yeah. Where the fuck do you get that? <laughs> Don't ask me. It just showed up. It's palming it, man. He's a fucking magician. 
Man, look at those. I get so intimidated by people with fingers that long, man. It's like you're. I mean, he's making good use of them with uh, playing the guitar, but damn, yeah, man. Right? Yeah. Uh, here is Madri. He played the song in Madri. Uh, just around that same time. Let's take a look. Oh, perfect. Much bigger theater here. Yeah. It's its own thing, but it's yeah. probably based in four. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Integrity Blues is in three four, which I mean makes it uh, you know even a little bit more different. Here's Colorado in uh, 2015, and this has a little B-side banter that comes with it. I wonder if Jed was at the show. This is July 18th, 2015. <laughs> This is a this is a Jimmy World B side from I think 2007. I heard Jed. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> she knew it was up. There's only ones and zeros in the line. You know it's now, a good show and you can see oh, them all sweaty. Yeah, I wanna see uh I mean, we're gonna end up watching a bunch of this. Where, where he gets this pick from. We'll only hold you now, this tour was very much probably just him. So he probably restrung that guitar. I'll give him a pass here. But what is your... You're restringing your guitar. Are you trimming the strings? or you, Yeah, I do. Yeah, me yeah. too. I tried once. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I like when like people have it all like akimbo out there. No, it's terrible. Yeah. Just you hear that twanging sound when it's moving around? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. Or you accidentally like poke yourself. Yeah, well my grandpa made a comment. Then... He goes, You gotta you gotta trim those just and you're gonna smack a kid in the face with this. Yeah. Man. Here it is. He's palming it. That's great. Get this Damn. guy booked in the parlor of prestidigitation. Yeah, right? Where is it? <laughs> Slide of hand. That's Odie's right. half note. And then finally, uh well, this is Berlin twenty fourteen. That's what we listened to already, right? Yeah. And this is Kevin's upload, so let's take a listen real quick. Oh, world you love. Yeah, the stereo, uh, the stereo, this sounds f eerily familiar, so my guess is that this is the one we played already. Oh, just move that capo up. <laughs> yeah. Some say beautiful. So this is 2014. So like, yeah, only in February 2015 did he play with the melodica with no knife, dude. So uh, that is it for live videos. No covers that I found. Nah. Did you find any? No, nope, not a one. Well, what else you got there, Justin? 
I think I have the same thing that you have. <laughs> you well, went I to go think make yours. I did end up going and making another. So did I. I made two. Oh, nice. <laughs> so let's let's get it out of the way. Let's listen to All Integra right. Full Blues. Oh wait, no, not that one. That's my other one. <laughs> no, Shit, yeah, sorry. no. <laughs> Is your other one is in seek? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we did it. The same one. All right. I'll play it over here. <laughs> this is is and seek. Uh. <laughs> just didn't make a note of what I the name of this one was. Both sound like fever dreams. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. I don't hate it, but it's I know. Just kind of all over the place. Yeah. It's pl- it's hitting the play button on two different stereos at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It might redeem itself real quick. Let's see. Just gets it's a mess. Yeah. Well, let's take a listen to a little bit of integral blues. All right. What I put together here. Fever dream. Huh? Well, now now we've got a three four times. <laughs> Is this Enigma? Yeah. Is this on pure moods? Yeah. I'm so glad you remember the name of the car. wraps around and keeps you here. hold you here in your life. Don't love the I think we're getting some sound bleed from the studio next to us. <laughs> Can you tell them to close their door? <laughs> It just cuts. <laughs> Hard cut. Yeah. So there's Integrafull Blues. What's your second one, Justin? Um, I had the remix. So let's see if this one does what? any better. This is the remix, remix version. So is in seek, but remix version. This one might do better. Let's see. Beautiful. 
Yeah, this is like your band practice and somebody's cell phone's going off. Is louder. <laughs> you didn't answer so that. You're not picking up. It's just gonna get louder. Must think you're in the other room. Uh, I think this just goes to show that that track has no timing associated with it. Yeah, it's, no. Rave DJ not can't even pick so. up where to throw it in. Yeah. Well, Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song "Beautiful Is" by the band Jimmy Eat World? Um, for the you know the fourth or fifth time that I've heard it. It's uh, it's beautiful, and I love the lyrics that are that, that basically are the, the skeleton and flesh of this song here. Um, it's a it's a beautiful track, and uh, again, I wish I could, I wish I had full access to it. Um, unfortunately, I don't think there's any expanded edition on Spotify. What can I say? So, my own fault. But it's a beautiful so track, man. Options. I, I know so many options. What do you think, David? Uh, I think it's terrific. It's getting slapped right onto my night drive playlist. I can't wait to play this on a night drive. Uh, going somewhere, coming home from something, I think is a great vibe setter. And, yeah. Uh, and it'll fit right there, fit in nicely with all of my uh, all my tracks. And so that's what I think. I'd love to know more about it. I'd love to know, like, you know, what if Zach composed this or something? I just We don't have that information. I wish we had. But yeah. otherwise, terrific. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, if you've seen somebody who you feel like is getting judged as if they were a one or a zero, please remember to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! All right, guys, uh, we have another special guest today. Alex Rice of Bandbox is with us to discuss uh, his experience in music. And his product, his lovely product, which is um, we've seen uh, a lot of screenshots and some audio clips and video clips on the Facebook page of this wonderful package that you're putting together. And uh, we've had a chance to look at it ourselves. So uh, would you like to take a moment and just give us an idea of uh, who you are and what you what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for having me on. Um, So Bandbox is a online record club. And what we do is um, we press exclusive color pressings of albums, uh, usually between 500 and 2,000 copies. And uh, along with that, to differentiate ourselves, we create a 16-page uh, fanzine about the artist. And since we're already working with them to do these exclusive packages, um, we, you know, we, we interview them and get access to, you know, rare or never-before-seen photos, sometimes, like, behind the scenes in the studio. And... Um, yeah, just put together uh, a kind of old school zine about the album, about the artist's career. Um, and we think those two go really well together because, um, you know, you know, vinyl is obviously huge now and tons of people are getting into the physical experience of music rather than ju- just listening on on Spotify or something, which I do, too. But um, you want to obviously supplement it for your for your favorite artists. You need that. Uh, you want to take it the step that step further. Um and uh, so we figured, well, uh, these are people who don't want to read on a Wikipedia page about the artist. Let's put together a physical uh, medium of that, too. Um, so 
yeah, we think it makes a good marriage. And uh, I started the company a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the the pieces in this in in this fold out this little booklet, it so it's one part to have the music that you hear on vinyl, which is an experience in and of itself. But this takes this almost puts you in that place. The way that you have this uh, laid out uh, visually, like I just looking at um, the the in, interior page that says you're going to find yourself a mastermind in time, and you quote from Rockstar, and you've got this. This on uh, the text is on this white backing, and they've got the nice photo of the band there with the different variations of Static Prevails on there. It just takes it. It's not just like a regular old book. I mean, you guys really step this up and make people feel like they're reading these things, like laying on your bed with your legs up behind you, listening with your headphones on, like thumbing through the liner notes. And just wanted to say, did you, as far as like the writing goes, did you write all of the content yourself? Uh, in that Jimmy World uh, zine, yeah, that was all me, except for their quotes, you know, about about Arizona zines right. and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I interviewed them all. Um, yeah, that's the good thing about being the boss is when we book Jimmy <laughs> World, it's like, all right, that's mine. You're taking it. <laughs> yeah. Usually we do. Um, in that, like, like I mentioned, uh, I started the company a few years ago. For the first year and a half, it was all me. I was I was writing everything uh, of every zine. Uh, and we didn't have artist participation back then, um, uh, so it was a lot less fun. But uh, yeah, th- that one was so much fun to put together. Um, yeah. So what was your first Bandbox release, and how did that come about? Uh, exclusive or non? Oh, that, uh, let's let's talk non and then exclusive. Non, non was Neil Young. I uh, wow. thought that'd be a good first month um, <laughs> because you know that's just somebody. Even if even if uh, you don't. Uh, no 20 different Neil Young albums and, and all the deep cuts and everything. Uh, everyone still respects and appreciates him. Like there's no one going to say Neil Young. What? <laughs> um, you know, everybody agrees that Neil Young is the, you know, the opposite of lame. He's like the coolest person ever. So I thought it was a good one to start with. And then, um, and then the first exclusive pressing was Charlie bliss. Um, a favorite band of mine who I discovered, um, uh, opening for death cat for cutie. And then I just got super into them. And, uh, so when I was, um, when I was f- first thinking, okay, now, now Bandbox is getting big enough to do, um, small exclusive color runs. They were just one of the first bands I thought of, um, you know, a really beloved band by their fans. You know, they've just got one of those really hardcore fan bases, but still, um, you know, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, asking red hot chili peppers to do or something, <laughs> you know, um, uh, a mutually beneficial fit and um, they were they were awesome to work with and that led to great things because then through our relationship with them and bar Soup records we were able to get death cat for cutie well i mean what was it uh, when you when you um i mean we can talk about your your history with music but when you get a an artist of that caliber on i mean does your heart skip a beat a little bit or are you are you over the whole um <laughs> being uh you know the the i starstruck part of it yeah, no, I, I am still so, so starstruck. Uh, yeah, it's like I was telling um, one of my best friends and our COO, Travis, um, the other day, I was telling him, like, that's still the the best part when we like book the band, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's like, you know, the, the concert just started and it's the first song. They just walk on stage. It's <laughs> like that kind of feeling. Um, and now with so with Jimmy World's conversation here. Um, just looking at the, uh, you've got the 
um, on the band, the track breakdown, the tr stack prevails track by track. You've got uh, three or four people talking in here at once. Is this was this on a uh, was this a virtual conversation or were you actually with the band? Oh no, that that was like heart of the pandemic. I wish. Okay. Like mm. like this year, maybe we could have done that. That'd been sweet. But no, it was all individual uh, phone conversations. Okay. So just one on one, and I combined them all. Yeah, because I was reading about what Rick had to say, and he talks about uh, one of the fans bringing this, and I wish I could have seen it, that yeah. that uh, he said it was like a uh, continuous line drawing, but in 3D, and it's like a hand, and it's got um, some lyrics, actually, I think it was called in the air. Yeah, called yeah. in the air. But he just says, I'm looking at it right now, and I imagine that's when I thought, okay, maybe this was a virtual <laughs> thing, but yeah. I, I want to see this thing. <laughs> And there's more apparently. I remember that I remember that moment in the conversation. He was like, "Yeah, I'm just going through this this like shoebox of all this memorabilia um, I just pulled out the other day of like Static Prevails ephemera." Right. I love that he keeps it cataloged that way. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And it seems like from what we talked about with Mitch Porter, he had I don't know how much of his room or his office was uh, dedicated to Jimmy Eat World, but at the ready he he, had he just walked oh, over awesome. to he had a mantle that he pulled some photographs off of. He had a T-shirt that maybe was I don't know if it was hanging, David, but <laughs> it may right, as well yeah, have been because yeah. he I said he pulled in it my up. mind's eye it was yeah like a like in a frame yeah. uh, behind glass. But so, dude, he he <laughs> was like uh you know he talked about some of the early stuff what we talked about about um accordions and uh he was like not only was it zach i have a photo of zach recording the accordion for that and he sent it to us it was great it's such a such a trip that he had it at the ready that's so, awesome i imagine yeah it's it's not too dissimilar for the band uh and that rick has it cataloged by era is pretty great <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure it's the same for you when you ask these guys like, like jim or tom and you just say hey is there anything that you could share with me that no one else has seen and Mitch was very forthcoming with the stuff that he had if it was just a photograph that he had, had printed out and just had there in a stack but sometimes people just never ask or maybe they've got so much stuff that you find after the conversation and you do the nice thing of asking nicely that they'll actually share these photos that have never seen well you know no one has ever seen these images and it's cool stuff I mean looking at some of the clips that you have in this zine I mean, some of this stuff looks like the Frisbee photo. I'll catch it in the air, says Zach Lynn, probably from um, Lucky Denver Mint. But there's some also some cool stuff on the second page of this where you've got, um, and we've seen some of these from Mitch and other people in, in the Facebook group, but you've got these hand-drawn flyers. Like it says, Compression Jimmy World at the Chop Shop. Like were these, were these things that the band handed over to you and just said, hey, we got scans of this stuff you can just use? Some of them, let's see. Um, they sent us two different folders, one from Paul Drake, who like took the cover yeah, photo, great. um, which that was, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is that we were able to do it, uh, for the first time since that small release. Um, that's one of the, that's something we're trying to do more at Bandbox. Um, but anyway, yeah, so some, they sent me a, a folder by Paul Drake and a folder by, uh, Tom Linton. Um, and, uh, they, um, Tom's pictures were weirdly, I was like, how did you take these? Um, cause they, it's while they're playing live. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, um, so they sent us those photos, but then the, uh, that, that didn't quite cover everything or also would have had to write more to fill. <laughs> uh, so I went, I thought, um, like you've got the old internet at your disposal. So I, I went to archive.org and went to the Jimmy world, um, 
com page and there are a few, there are just a few different um like snapshots of it but the f- the photos were still there because if you go on those sites sometimes like the yep. photos are yeah. there, just the text so luckily they were still there in like all of them uh so they seem to upload like you know back in the early internet days like a uh, couple photos every week or something and uh just from tour and stuff and so some of those shots are from there and then uh those posters I don't remember. Uh, maybe they, they must have been from the website. Yeah. Yeah. We, when we would come across that kind of stuff, because you can see what they have on their site. I mean, their site's professionally run now. They've got a, a, a whole media company that's running everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to go back in time through archive and see those different iterations of the site when it was managed by, like, probably Zach posted content. And then every now and yeah. again, you'd see Jim popping in with his little interjections and um, you know, talking about how he writes uh, when he was figuring out lyrics, he would pull from his journal and the way that he would write, you could tell who wrote what, you know, Zach had some uh, spelling mistakes. Jim was always kind of like jumps in the room and yells a little bit and then steps out and starts a conversation. <laughs> but being able to go back and see all that kind of stuff is great. And we try to catalog as much as we can, uh, just partially because you don't know when that stuff's going to go away. If it's, yeah. uh, you know, like the pictures that you you found, maybe that was the Tumblr roll of photos that they had, which is just awesome to see that they basically cataloged this this tour across down, down through Southwest, you know, America and uh, yeah. just being able to see all that stuff. So I'm glad that you've gone through the same steps that we do in doing the back, the backstory, the research for our episodes. Yeah, you've, because you've it, got what it takes to be on the pod for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that because I was I was thinking about like, yeah, I. I put that put all that together and everything, but but these guys are just just leagues beyond me in terms of Jimmy World expertise. As I listen to things, I'm like, when I when I'm listening to episodes, I'm like, how did you know that? Just <laughs> off the top of your head, it it it's uh, become a curse. It, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, so I, you're you listen to the pod, you're a patron of the pod. Um, but Blink being my favorite band, this past week since we spoke to Mitch Porter. And on Mark Hoppus's Discord page, he's gone through and put together a bunch of information that nobody knew about the early days of Blink-182. And all of a sudden, so many things for all these fans that are obsessive like me are coalescing. However, I realized as I was reading and being very excited that demo number two has a name and there was a demo tape before Flyswatter. But like, I realized that I didn't know as much about those blink demos as now i know about jimmy eat world (laughs) so much so that today somebody was like oh what's the timeline between the demo tape and the original self-titled and i gave them dates and producers and everything it's like oh my god i'm cursed (laughs) so when jimmy world was going through this period of time static prevails in arizona Tempe and, and Phoenix and all that. What it was your interaction with them? Like what made what made <laughs> when they came up and you said, I'm taking these guys. I mean, what is your your history with the band? Well, let's see. Um, I first got into them in 2004 uh, when Futures came out. I remember being like um, I remember seeing the video for pain and remembering. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Eat World, the middle. Yeah, I was yeah, I was. 12 when the middle came out and um then i remember like being like okay i i can only buy one cd at best buy do i buy (laughs) futures the new one because that's the one i should care about or do i buy the one that is the reason i remember jimmy world 
and that's like you know it, like even then it, it kind of it kind of had like a important album status you know bleed american did i feel like and um so um i went with futures and so i got into them that way and uh yeah and then uh yeah i was just kind of a a casual fan i never saw them and i guess relatively casual i i knew all the albums but i wasn't like obsessed with them and then i saw them in 2013 at first avenue uh i live in minneapolis and um yeah that was just an incredible show and that took me to a whole new level um and then i remember i uh the next year they weren't playing anywhere near and um my uh family and best friends live in colorado so um i flew out to um fort collins to see them the next year at the uh at the aggie theater so those were awesome shows both on the damage tour then again, then I saw them again at First Avenue in 2018. Then a really special show um, I saw this year, or sorry, 2021, was the uh, Lollapalooza after show. Um, I flew oh, down. That's I, I was great. bummed that it wasn't the at same the Metro, day yeah. as their, their Lollapalooza set, so I didn't see the festival set. But I flew down for the uh, the uh, the show at the Metro, and they played Bleed American Full. And that was incredible. <laughs> Plus so the great. Static Prevail song. They played um, Claire in the uh, that's right in the encore. Yeah. So speaking of static, so you went while well, you in your mind's eye were probably like, I probably should have gone with Bleed American. You went with Futures. You eventually worked your way back to Static Prevails. And what made that the bandbox release for you? Uh, so let's see. Uh, so back before we were doing uh, exclusive pressings, um, I had been in contact with the band just well and very briefly um, uh, just to if. If I were to put together a Jimmy Eat World bandbox, can we get some kind of promotional item uh, to put in it? Because uh, we had like gotten that from St. Vincent and Ride. They had both sent us posters to put in the boxes, even though they weren't like participating or exclusive pressings or anything. So I wanted to you know, see if I could get something similar from Jimmy Eat World. Um, and nothing came of it. And uh, But then like a year and a half later, you know, I just thought, oh, yeah, Jimmy Eat World, uh, back when we were just a tiny little company, like still engaged us and so you know at this point we had like done uh death cat for cutie and the hold steady and wax hatchy and stuff so like i thought okay let's try to get jimmy world and so i emailed uh steve the manager and um just you know reminded him who i was and everything and uh and he said uh he had um he'd been kind of keeping track and thought track a band box and thought um they were wanting to do something for Static Prevail's 25th anniversary, so they thought it was kind of just the perfect pairing. Um, nice. So, yeah. Yeah, it was them that chose it. Uh, but I'm so glad they did. Static Prevail's. Yeah. What an interesting... It's like, I think a, it's the most interesting point in their career in terms of a story. Right. Yeah, and that's a really great piece of trivia that I think fans would love to know, especially the ones that lament them for never playing Static Tracks out. Yeah. That the band specifically chose to do something to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Static Prevails, which, yes, while in some regards, and Zach always talks about this, who's going to want to go see Static Prevails all played, you know, start to finish in full? Maybe they could do a show at the Marquee in Phoenix. And then, like, maybe the Troubadour here in L.A. because it's a small enough venue. But who's going to really want to see that particular set of songs in whole? There are those of us that do want to hear it. Oh, yeah. But, I'd follow um, that tour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not alone. But unfortunately, I feel like the numbers are not yeah. uh, with us on that regard. And that's that's Zach's point all the time. But that they specifically made that choice. And 
followed you enough to say, hmm, we want to do something with this guy and 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 making that a special release um, is really great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's an album that uh, deserves to be honored, I think. Yeah. And, you know, and, the, uh, oh, yeah, Justin, please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say and and to kind of like expand on that with the, the band remembering you and choosing you. I think that's what made them so successful is they've been started out as DIY, just barely getting by trying the all these different methods of just getting their name out, collaborating and doing splits and all this stuff. But the fact that they try new things and they're willing to explore those new opportunities is what makes allowed them to kind of blossom into the band they are. And it's good to see that they're still taking those chances on all these new things because right now they're super busy, right? I mean, they just got off their tour. There's rumblings of them, you know, working on new music. So for them to be able to offer their time for these other different opportunities is just that's why I think I love them so much as a band is because they seem very approachable but they're very successful in what they do musically. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So from inception to completion, now everybody's receiving their boxes, which is why I was like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) We'd kind of had on the books for a while that we were going to do this. Um, uh, A, I'm assuming you feel great now that they're in the hands of all the people that were so excited to get them. But um, from, from inception to completion, like what, what's a timeline like that for you for a band box or this particular band box? Yeah. So this particular band box luckily is way longer than the average one. (laughs) This one was a year. It was like this time of March last year that we started talking about it. Um, And then, you know, so yeah, that, that took a year from inception to completion. Usually it's, um, Ideally, like five or six months. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Especially with pressing plants being back. You know, I just saw a video. Uh, you're, you work in the industry. I assume you've probably seen it or familiar with his position on it. But Jack White doing this like short YouTube video. I thought it was going to be way longer than it was of him just imploring the three major labels to reinvest in pressing plants because he feels overworked. <laughs> like yeah. he's pressing every he's pressing everyone's records. And I'm sure while he doesn't mind, I'm sure he'd rather like go do something else right, than, totally. uh, than do everybody's record pressing. So um, that's pretty good. Uh, it seems like a really tight turnaround with how I feel like we're always hearing record pressing plants uh, being backed up. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's I, I heard this crazy stat um, that uh, for every record that's produced and all these. Yeah, every plant is working. um at full capacity in terms of demand um the that every record produced uh customers would buy four so it's Mm. supplies operating at 25 percent of demand that's crazy to me yeah 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 wow i mean it's fun though it's fun to see vinyl at target you know (laughs) it's kind of yeah it's a trip and and it is fun i and i think justin hit the nail on the head it really is like taking that liner notes approach and really like plussing it um to use a walt disney term um because it, especially the way that the zine like i feel like the layout from a design perspective and i've only seen the jimmy world band box but if they're all half the quality of this jimmy world one in terms of how it's laid out and everything it's so engaging and uh i think you guys have a really great product well thank and, you i do that and too. it feels yeah, it feels very intimate. Like it feels like it's a part of your passion. Obviously, you grabbed this because you wanted to be a part of this one in particular. But um, 
you really it really comes through on the page. And for anybody thinking uh, of of purchasing a band box in the future, uh, let this be your uh, your warning. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm kicking myself for not having done it, but well, <laughs> I think I, I think I it went on sale that. when I was switching jobs, and that's always a scary p- proposition, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, like Jimmy Eat World is one I approach from like, oh yeah, I I know everything about this band, uh, <laughs> but usually. The, the stuff we're doing uh, lately, especially, is stuff um, I maybe knew of but knew nothing about. And so it's it's a great experience for me when I'm like getting our writers articles. Now we have a, a small team of four writers, uh, including me, and uh, uh, I get their stuff and just sit down with the pictures the artist has sent me and just go from zero to um, being relatively familiar with this artist, uh, you know, just reading all the interviews and everything. Um, it's it's a great uh, learning experience for me as well. Is Bandbox your main gig or is this your side hustle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, um, I, I finally started paying myself six months ago. Awesome, man. Good for you. <laughs> so, what a good feeling. That's <laughs> full time. Good for you, man. What's your background prior to doing Bandbox? Um, well, I I first started writing about music when I was in high school and uh, when I'm, when I'm feeling super brave, I go back and read them and try not to feel <laughs> too embarrassed for myself. Um, were you ever in the absolute think, punk uh, boards or anything like that? What's that? Were you ever on the absolute punk boards or in the comment section on absolute punk or anything like no, that? Um, the only message board that's been a real mainstay in my life um, is the all things Weezer message board. <laughs> I was, oh, I was, just I've always been on those. <laughs> yeah. Usually, or not as a poster, but um uh yeah and then i i just kept writing on the side uh pretty much throughout my 20s i was a freelance videographer um not because of any love of videography or skill uh but because uh i was able to um set my own schedule and travel to concerts and stuff um and but on the side i would write concert reviews for um uh the local alt weekly rest in peace uh city pages here in minneapolis i would write concert reviews um and then, um, yeah, that was that that kind of really sparked my love of um, music writing, especially. Um, and wow. then, yeah, That's then started cool. Bandbox. That's incredible! What a great story. Ah, thanks. And so, so what's what's coming down the pike for Bandbox? Well, uh, let's see. That you can announce, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> we have some really exciting stuff that I can't announce yet. Um, but just um, shipping the now. This is another one that was delayed. Um, you mentioned the the pressing delays. Uh, luckily, this one wasn't delayed three months. Um, this one only uh, a few weeks, but it took us from March into April. It, it'll start shipping uh, the week after next. Is uh, American football and Owen? Oh, wow. Um, oh man, Tom Mullen must be very excited for that one. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we did the latest albums from each uh, LP3 and the Avalanche, and they're combined into one zine. That's a first for us. Uh, so it's going to be uh, American football on one side, and then if you flip it over, oh, uh, American uh, Owen, but upside down. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. To give the full effect. That is awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> kind of like a split single. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking when you when you described yeah. it that way. <laughs> Again, man, it's just like it's like these things that people uh, like. Let's just say with Jimmy World, there's like at the very least three different generations of fans. There's the ones before us. I think David and I, you. Uh, included probably that second generation. Then there's all the people that got in these last two or three albums that they've done over the last nine years. 
because yeah, they've been around for 30 years practically. Um, Crazy. Yeah. And uh, God, now I forgot where I was going to go with this. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I know. Classic <laughs> Justin, right? Um, if I if I if I capture this back, I was gonna say I'll I'll jump back into it if I can think of it. Oh, no worries. It's just uh, not classic Justin. It's classic interview from yeah. non-journalists. <laughs> right. And I, I wanted to mention actually, um, you forgot something. Now I remember something. Okay, good. I well, I remembered where I'll go, so I'll go after you. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So um and then let's see. Um while I was also doing uh, concert reviews on the side for City Pages, I, um, my friend and I, my best friend uh, Seth and I, we did a podcast for two and a half years called Bruce Springsteen's Song of the Week. Uh, <laughs> very similar yeah. to Jimmy Pod. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's just another um, kind of uh, music thing I was in into. Um, that was two yeah. and a half years. So you did 100? We We didn't quite get – yeah, we did – we did 118 episodes, and there's something like 360 something Bruce yeah. songs. We ran out of steam. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. Now, now, how far? How far are you guys? How many songs? Have 129 you done? How, tonight. Are, yeah. 128. 120. And how many are there? 175. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're almost we're, there. We're close. Yeah. And then if yeah. they do another album by this year, you know, if they if they if they somehow magically hit that October mark, which I don't think they will, but I'm thinking more of a January 23 release. Um, but let's do, we got another, that'll give us another two and a half months. Okay. Yeah. And just to complete what I was saying now, I, now that I remember, um, it was just the three different generations of fans and you coming in now and with this type of, uh, presentation and, and, and featuring and, and experience, I think is a great way of putting it gives this, this last gen the most recent generation of fans, just that this look into what things were like back in the day. And it's just such, such yeah. a cool feeling to, to be able yeah, you know, like David was saying, thumbing through this thing and just kind of taking a step back in time and and uh, and getting that nostalgic uh, feeling for just a moment while you're thumbing through this guide. So, oh, maybe. thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's yeah, that's that's the desired effect. Yeah, and just like you said, no one else is gonna go. Not everybody is gonna go into the Wayback Machine to find the old photos from the old websites. Right. So being able to present a product in 2022 from you know officially sanctioned by the band and bandbox uh who you have a brand you're building right like the better the product for each release the more and somebody's going to be interested in going back and finding another one or looking at everything else that you have coming out based on just the quality of the release so uh so yeah congrats on that but oh, thank you very much everybody Everybody who came in just for surviving and knows that Static Prevails exists and maybe streamed it on Spotify or Apple Music um, now can have a physical copy because it's their new favorite band. And like, oh, my gosh, look at this crazy photo of Rick, like his head getting thrown into this glass window. <laughs> and just like, a sweet <laughs> picture. I love that picture. I was like, oh, how come I never took a picture like that when I was a kid? <laughs> So um, how about I, I did wonder if you were ever considering using Bandbox as a label, would you ever do original releases or is your is your goal at the moment just to do uh, re-release, you know, special edition re-releases and things? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we have some uh, some plans in the works that are going to definitely make us a more of a traditional label. Um, we'll still do what we do, but um we did, um, so we do um, have we do have one release that's only on Bandbox, um, which is a Peter Hook and the Light live album. 
when he when he toured uh, in 2019 doing um, uh, Technique and Republic by New Order. Um, that had never been on vinyl before, and uh, so that's that's what we call BB001, the live album. Awesome, uh, nice. But we do we do <laughs> what a great have feeling. 002 and 003 uh, in much quicker succession when they <laughs> when they come out. That's awesome, man. Well, sick, man. Uh, I guess uh, before we let you go, let's do some rapid fire. What is your favorite Jimmy Eat World album? Features. And which is your favorite Jimmy Eat World song? Doesn't have to be on Futures, but which is your favorite Jimmy Eat World I'm gonna song? I'm going to be boring, and it is 23. Oh. not boring at all. <laughs> That's terrific. Well, I wish I, I could some... carry it between eras or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't consider that, you know, while it's a huge song for the fan community, it's not like, you know, I, and I wouldn't lament you for saying it. It's not the middle or sweetness, you know, right, or, right. Or, yeah. or something like that. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, those are the two rapid fire questions I can think of. What's your, <laughs> you have any that you can think of, Justin? Oh, those are the go tos, man. Um, yeah. So, what do you think? What do you feel like Jim is going to be doing? Uh, I'm going to ask you the question because I asked him, and he, he kind of told me what he he feels he's going to be doing. But uh, what do you see uh, the band doing in the future? Do you see them uh, staying as a band or or just kind of morphing into something else? Hmm. Well, are there are there are there talks of a breakup or something? No, no, there's no, no breakup. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, but just going into different side projects or something. Yeah. Like it could it, be anything like uh, his. I think no. Um, I think kind of another boring answer. I think they're just going to be uh, the, the incredibly reliable band. They've always been, yeah. you know, it's something I never talk about to anyone, but it's something I always notice is the consistency of years uh, between albums for bands. Like a band will go two years, then five years, then one year. It's often not that drastic. But uh, what I notice is that uh, Jimmy Eat World has only ever gone two or three years between releases. Yeah. So I think I think they'll just continue to release a new album every three years. <laughs> that's, and that's what I, I wonder if they feel pressure, right? Because that that would be this October if they're gonna if they're gonna do that. And um, I, I would be tickled if they did it in October. Um, yeah. But yeah, you may you're, break the streak this time. <laughs> you're probably right. They're going to be a band that's going to be together the, the same lineup um 50 years, you know, into their into their career and it's not going to be anything special and that you know. I think that Jim's still going to continue to do his other projects like he did his his podcast interviews for a while just to keep himself busy because I think that yeah. guy is just a very uh he, he likes to stay in tune with uh, different aspects of production and uh, but I think the bandmates are always going to follow him around, and uh, and they're going to continue to make good music. <laughs> yeah, because if they've lasted like almost three decades, yeah, how could they go anywhere? As the same with the same members, which yeah, is so, right. How could they go anywhere? Right. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. If yeah, I can ask. please. Mm. What do you think that the new album, whenever it is, will sound like? Okay, I'll go first because I'm hoping that I don't think they're going to do a. I don't think they're going to go as far back as something like uh, Clarity, that kind of sound. I think that's going to stay as it's its own little magic album that people can go back to and listen to. I feel like it's going to be a mix of integrity blues and surviving. Surviving seems like something fun, loud and and stands on its own. It and it's still I still feel like it 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 falls in line, but integrity blues for me is like right there. Futures is my number 1 album and then right behind it is integrity blues and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that the next album is a mix of those evenly where it's got this spacious um uh, just kind of that 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 airy um kind of like that 
I don't know, that sound that Jim, like kind of like if you had 23, um, but just kind of broken up over five of the of the tracks mixed with the hardness and, and that loudness of surviving would be the. Per- yeah, that would be what I think their next one's going to be because surviving didn't have a song like that. Nope, it like didn't. 23 or Paul Roger. No, yeah, it didn't. It just no. wasn't one. No. And, and that was what I was going to say. So we've gotten two albums from Jimmy Eat World and JMJ. Um, Integrity Blues, which I feel like is them really letting JMJ be JMJ, right? Like, and, and really, like, you felt his fingerprint on that record. Mm-hmm. And Surviving, really, you didn't feel the JMJ-ness of it, except for maybe, you know, if you want to count 555, that was, like, you know, uh, um, a very synth-forward song, right? Mm-hmm. And that seems to fall in his wheelhouse. What I would love to see is really sort of more of that blending of things i want to hear you know uh call it in the air produced by jmj i want to hear the band rather than record from the axe effects plug in the amps and mic them i want to hear jmj's take on a mic'd amp and and what the bridge of that song sounds like that's what i want to hear (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah did you guys see them uh on the this latest tour um no, we are. I know we are. We are what we call fake fans, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> we um, and even when they were out here at, uh, they did Chain Fest, Chain Reaction. I was camping with the family. David was busy, and we couldn't even attend that one. So it's like, no. no. But you did go and see them up at Paso Robles. Yes, I did. We did, which that, was great. You have seen them, so, so I have seen them. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I used to say I've seen every Jimmy Eat World show in L.A. since I became a fan, which we have deduced over the years that that is just not true <laughs> um, for vacations or, you know, uh, they were playing a second venue that got added later. And I just don't I, I, I don't have the bankroll like that, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I'm in a weird lull with shows right now. Um, so we almost pulled the trigger on going to see the dashboard tour because what a lineup. And yeah. the caverns looked looked amazing. So we were like, let's just fly to Tennessee. I've never been to Tennessee. Let's go see them in a cave. And the <laughs> flights, I'm telling you, Alex, for my wife and I, we were going to get babysitter, go to Tennessee for the weekend and come home for the flights for the two of us to Tennessee was more expensive than the f- four tickets I had to buy for our family to go to Hawaii in two weeks. Like it's, Oh my God. Wow. It was insane. I was like, I can't justify paying this much yeah. to two people to fly to Tennessee. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah. So, so but, I was kind of bummed that we didn't end up pulling the trigger and I'm jealous of the people that did get to go see chain fest and stuff like that. But I, it, we live vicariously through the fans too. Like we had dinner yeah. with Joyce uh, a few weeks ago and it was so great hearing her experience. And that was her hundred and something th- show 118th show i want to say yeah wow um so uh it was just as fun hearing her talk about it and live it through her eyes than it would have been being there yeah i think (laughs) (laughs) and i feel all this pressure now of like going to a jimmy well next time when they come out with their new album they're gonna tour the album and the last one that david and i attended was there we were the first show at uh the the greek theater to see them doing their surviving tour. And so I oh, feel sweet. it'd be a perfect, uh, just for us both to jump back in, the next time they do the tour for their next album, David and I are going to be there. So we'll we'll let you know how that yeah. show is. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. say, is there anything else you want to plug before we let you go and uh, and get on, uh, let you get on with your evening? Mm. Uh, 
well, man, I'm such a bad promoter. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I mentioned the American football and Owen albums uh, that are going to be shipping the week after next. Uh, we also have a dashboard con- confessional exclusive of the latest album, all, all the truth that I can tell. Uh, and um, I honestly, um, I feel like that's the best. You know, I mentioned Jimmy World, the track by track commentary of Static Prevails was all different one-on-one interviews, the, the best, just, um, just straight traditional interview, Chris Caraba. I didn't do it, but, um, I thought he gave the most, um, the most insightful one in a band box scene yet. So that one's on a really pretty, uh, green color. And it's also, um, yeah, a really, really cool zine. Uh, he gave a great record too into the songs. Um, so that one's available as well for emo fans. It's sick. And I, I mean, I suppose, you know, do people just follow Bambox on all the social medias and find you at your website, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. All the um, social media uh, handles are at Bambox Vinyl and then BandboxRocks.com is our website. Awesome. Well, Alex, we thank you for being a patron. We thank you for putting out this incredible yeah. product and uh, we're excited to see what else you have coming out. Yeah. Thanks for such a such an awesome, informative show. And thanks for asking. <laughs>